0: Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker.
1: Hey, to you, a, a beautiful weather day here in Louisville. Lots to talk about. We're going to pretty much touch on every sport that we talk about over the summer, fall, and spring. It's going to be a lot of basketball talk, football talk, and then Louisville City's big soccer match this week. Uh, we're, we'll, we'll have a special guest on from Louisville city, Brian Burke, excited to talk to him and talk about that match. And we're also going to give away some tickets. It's going to be a fun show today. It's going to be one of those shows that flies by Trevor. How are you doing?
0: I'm pumped for today. Are you, I can you tell my voice.
1: I, it, yeah, your voice. It, it sounds pumped up. I'm excited. It does, sound, it does sound like a pumped up voice. We need to start with this though. And it's away from sports. I mean, I mean, we just have to do this too often where I have to address a, a public mass shooting. And I guess I could not do it and just ignore it or ignore it. But really does bother me. And it, it sucks. It's terrible. And this time it's in Roseburg, Oregon, a small town at a community college there. They don't know exactly how many people were killed. The latest reports I see are 10 and that the shooter has been neutralized, which likely means he's probably been killed as well. And I'm at the point. It seems like all we hear about in the news is, one, school shootings and this and that. There were two yesterday that hardly got any media coverage because now it's not even that big of a deal. But all you hear about is shootings and also uh, politics. And with the election in 2016, which is still a year away, if I'm hosting a debate or – I'm going to vote on whoever has the best ideas to stop school shootings. I don't care what you want to do with illegal immigrants. I don't care your stance anymore on whether or not – you feel uh, strongly against gay people getting married. Nobody cares about that anymore. You can't even go to a movie. You can't go to the mall. You can't go to school in America without having that in the back of your mind if some crazy person's going to start shooting people up. So that's where my vote's going to go. I don't care if it's a liberal, a conservative, whoever has the best ideas how to stop public mass shootings in America will get my vote. It's time to start going over the top on this stuff. Start putting metal detectors in public places. I don't care how much money it costs. Figure it out. I don't care what you have to do. Find solutions. Uh, get cops at every school station there. Not that that won't help if one or two people get killed, and that's still terrible. Start taking guns away from people. I had never been the one to say that, but you know what else can we do? Start making it incredibly difficult to get guns. And also have to pack, pass mental health checks to get guns in every state. And it's just, it's a, it's a stupid situation. I hate that we have to talk about it. Prayers for everybody involved. Uh, I saw a map of shootings in America, public shootings in America, uh, whether, you know, not just gang violence or something like that, although that's, that's equally terrible where how many, you, the only time where we had gone about a week without one of them was in February. So 45 weeks in the last year where there's been shootings Um, so pretty terrible Uh, but anyway today's show will be fun i promise i just had to start with that so we get it out of the way Uh, so we can move past that trevor right
0: time for the fun to begin
1: anything you want to add
0: uh no other than it's just i I agree with you i mean i don't know really where you can start to fix a problem that is just somewhat i don't want to say under out of control but i mean there's there's obviously something needs to be fixed. I've always said get rid of metal bullets and make everybody just want to get wood bullets out.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, start, start making
0: really,
1: them. Just start being over the top with it. I don't care. I don't care if you piss off a good deal of the country. Start being over the top with it. I, I, I again, I, I, don't know what well, you're never going to make everyone point.
0: happy. That's a, that's a no. Given. You're,
1: you're not. Why don't we start making people safe again? It seems like that. And I don't again, I don't want to get into politics. And, you know, there's so many people that say Obama sucks and there's so many conservatives that absolutely hate his guts. I don't think he's done that terrible of a job, all things considered. But there's no doubt. I mean, and it's not his fault. It's not directly his fault. I don't think shooting started
0: as soon as Obama got in office.
1: (laughs) No, no, they didn't. But it is now a lot more frequent since, you know, since 2008 it's just something i don't think he's touched on as much as he probably should have and,
2: and then, I, I wouldn't
0: blame him and no, i'm not saying it's any cuz listen you don't, him. yeah and i'm just saying i think like, it's a coincidence also no matter who's in office probably
1: and it probably it, you're you're right that it probably is just the way that the world's working and social media and how people just you know don't know how to deal with depression anymore and uh, you know, I don't know if anybody—if we've ever been in a time where people know how to deal with depression—but it has just increasingly gotten worse, and the country hasn't, I don't think, turned their attention towards help or moving in the right direction. It's just been time after time, and it keeps—it keeps getting worse. So, uh, hopefully, that will be the—the the focal point of this upcoming election of how, what people are going to do.
0: I mean, I don't you, know. you can attempt to limit it, but you're never going to stop it. I mean, that's just and there's just too many people in this world, and it's too guns are too accessible to 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 stop forever. Always happening. Some someone going insane and, and just pulling it, going on a mass shooting. But it would be nice to limit it to where we're not talking about it once every two months.
1: Switzerland has one of the highest gun rates per cap. I guess per capita, or highest families that own guns, and they have minimal shootings. And and, but on the flip side, Japan makes it virtually illegal to own guns. It's incredibly hard to obtain one, and they had two shootings last year, uh, just
0: two. Well, I mean, I think we think we both know. No matter how hard it makes to obtain it, it's still going. They're still obtainable. I mean, it's not like you're not going to. You can make it. No,
1: I I know. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not even saying that you have to have. I I think we probably do need to start looking into stricter gun control because it wouldn't hurt.
2: No, but I'm not
1: saying that that's solution because you have Switzerland that allows everybody to have guns but you don't have shootings there you have japan which lets nobody have guns you don't have shootings there and then in america you let people have guns it's not a lot of people do have guns but not everybody and then it's just there's shootings every day so it's not i'm not saying that we have to go to one drastic end of the spectrum and gun nuts will tell you that everybody's got to have guns and this wouldn't happen and you know maybe maybe that's right i just think we got to start looking into the mental health that's probably the biggest thing and also we got to make sure that there are people in charge at schools that can help take care of these situations directly after they start the thing that happened today in roseburg oregon this dude went into classroom after classroom after classroom you know when an emergency happens it's a lot easier said than done when you talk about protocol and shutting and locking down and locking doors but I mean, this guy was just able to go into room after room and do what he wanted. So we've got to make sure that there's people on site to help put people down like this. And then you got to get people like this help before it even begins. I know that's easier said than done as well. It's just it's a, it's a crappy way to start a radio show. But it's also a crappy thing to happen every day when I'm trying to prep for a show and I have got to look up and see, oh, another mass shooting in America. So it is a bummer, and I, I am pumped up today, Trevor. I was in a great mood today. This weather is perfect. Went on a five-mile walk this morning with my dog. Kentucky got a huge basketball commitment that I'm, I'm so excited to talk about. But it's just what what country are we living in that this is just almost the norm? I don't know. I don't like it. It does have
0: a perfect football weather today, doesn't it?
1: It does. It is perfect. I walked and,
0: outside, and it was just—it's not—it's not hot. It's not cold. It's got that little breeze, kind of a chill. You know maybe maybe a maybe a windbreaker type weather just it just screams football at me like I walk outside and the, the thought of football just smacks me in the face.
1: You know what else I'm also excited about this weekend? This is going to be an awesome weekend as long as the weather holds up and it looks like it's not going to, which is unfortunate. but
0: you know what else is going on this weekend that I'm pumped up? The football uh,
1: there is football.
0: Well no, not, not football and football. Soccer. Oh, so. I'm, ex-
1: I'm excited about all football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Soccer football, American football. I'm excited about that. Uh, but there's another football, American football, that we haven't talked about that's going on this weekend.
0: Mm, we haven't touched on the NFL too much. Anything in particular?
1: i are not talking NFL. I'm talking St. X Trinity tomorrow night.
0: Ah, you know, I did notice that on Twitter last night. I completely forgot that was around the corner. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. Do you go, you, you go to those games annually still?
1: Uh, yeah, I, well, not annually, let's see, I, I can't remember in the, when I was in college, I would go to them, I went to most of them when I was in college, since I've been out, I know I went two years ago, well, we were, we, we planned on going, one of my buddies had a house down on U of L's campus, and we went to Beefo Brady's, because they had buy one, get one beers free, and so we were drinking beers, and we were waiting to go over there, and all of a sudden we looked down, and it was nine o'clock, and the game had started at eight, so we walked <laughs> we we walked over there midway through the third quarter and uh did watch the end of the game it was uh, it was pretty entertaining that was when James Quick was there i think 2 years ago would that make sense no i guess i wouldn't uh no he'd have been that been about uh, Bonif- 3 years Bonif- ago Bonif- yeah bonafide too i'm thinking of yeah um so you know that was uh that was that was the last time i was there i don't think i went last year and the plan is to go down there and, and tailgate a little bit play a little cornhole and then uh head into the game but it is fun it is Fun to see 35,000 Catholics in one spot uh, watching football for a game that's been – I think this is like the 78th meeting or the 82nd meeting in the series Is Trinity's only up one game in that. Pretty crazy how you can play that many games, Trevor. I guess it would be, be the be
0: second season. oldest running rivalry in the state. Yeah, Manuel Males. Manuel Mails is the longest running this side of the Mississippi in the yeah, East Coast. Yeah, I don't
1: know. I, don't, I would say Trinity, St. X isn't the, lo- the second longest in the state. I'm sure there's some longer ones out there. Uh, but I, I, I do think it's a better rivalry than Manual Mail, not because man, Manual Mail's got an awesome history to it and a lot of passion, but you don't have 35,000 people going to watch that game.
0: No, I agree. Yeah, it doesn't have that, and I, I think Manual Mail may have a great yeah, more history, but yeah, you don't have, you've never had. I've been to many Manual Mail games, and there's Love never. Love the Manual
1: there. Mail story about playing for the H.
0: Well, they now they deny that. That's it. Depends who you ask. if you ask a Manual fan, they'll tell you they played for the. Uh, they played for the uh, the the H or the, but, M. the M, yeah, yeah. But yeah, mail will tell you that's not true. It's, it's it's hilarious on which side you ask, which side of that story is true or not.
1: <laughs> that's, I, I've never heard they denied
0: it. So they oh, mail, have- no, claims that's not true. They, the reason male uses an H is it stands for high school. But manual yeah, manual claims that they that the reason the male has the H is because they won the right to use the M. Mail says that's not true. They decide they chose to use the H regard. Uh, Regardless of the results of that first game, and uh, that, that even though they lost it, yeah, it's, it's I don't know. I mean, you could claim it's on one side's being bitter about a loss and denying it. The, uh, who knows what's true? We, we unless we get a time machine and, and go back, Mr. Peabody, to find out, uh, we'll have to just assume.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk more high school tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, with that big Sanex Trinity game there out at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Tomorrow's going to be a busy show, too. Let's talk about this basketball commitment, Winyan Gabriel. I, I caught wind of this maybe around 10.30, 11 a.m. this morning, right when I got back from my walk. It's good news that happened when it did. It kind of came out of nowhere, Trevor. You didn't hear me hinting about this yesterday. You didn't hear me being on top of this. Uh, and as far as I know, you probably don't know who
0: Winion Gabriel is. Not a clue. Never heard the name, and and clearly you haven't said anything about it because it, I, I would recognize that if you if you'd mentioned that in any other passing at some point, at least more than once, probably the name Winion Gabriel would have stuck out because it's a cool name to me. <laughs> it. Uh, I, don't know, I just think it's a cool name. <laughs>
1: well, well, uh, okay. I'm 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 all over the place right now, and I'm not I'm not going to lie. I'm a little uh, having to deal with this shooting has made me kind of miss out on my points of what I was going to talk about today. They'll let it affect but you. Know, That's what they want. You know how we were going to, how I mentioned there's going to be a ton of UK basketball content today because the embargo was lifted.
0: <laughs> yes. It,
1: it was, it, it's called an embargo. I know. So. I
0: know. I just love, I just, when I hear, I just never think of it. And can, when I hear the word embargo, I, I, I think of, you know, good, good, good trades with Cuba, not with, uh, from UK information <laughs> involving on rivals. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's, uh, it, it, you, there's UK news everywhere. A ton of media outlets just let it all loose at midnight <laughs> last night, which I'm glad that we don't do that in Cat Illustrator. We're going to pour it out slowly. I've over done the that next
0: before. Time. I've let it all out loose at midnight I before. Can <laughs> imagine
1: you probably have. Uh, we're going to, we're going to unload it the next two weeks. And Isaiah Briscoe is one story that just went up. And this is why it caught my attention. Uh, I wrote this one. You all should read it. It's a free story. I would interview Isaiah Briscoe back in high school, and I wouldn't say this after I'd interview him because, one, uh, it was during his recruitment. You give high school kids the benefit of the doubt. Uh, even when he had committed, I had a good relationship with his dad. So, you know, I, I, I just thought to myself, all right, he's a high school kid that doesn't like talking to the media. When I would talk to Isaiah Briscoe, I was – even on the phone, I was worried he was going to punch me. I didn't know how he's going to do it through the phone but I was worried he was going to punch me. He did not like talking to the media. And then even seeing him at the McDonald's game, uh, and interviewing him in person, it was just it, it was an uncomfortable feel cuz he just didn't give you good quotes. He would hate it if you ever asked about another player. Uh, if you asked about other recruits, he'd say, "Why are you asking me about that? I don't know anything about that. Why why don't you ask me about me?" And he just you know, he he wanted to talk about what he wanted to talk about and it wasn't the most fun person to interview. But you know, you still had to ask him some of those questions, and I I, I just chalked it up. He doesn't like the media. He's an 18 year old kid, and you know, leave it be. So we go to interview him about a month ago, uh, probably over a month, late August, and for these sit downs that we are just now able to publish, and I'm thinking to myself, and Alex Forkner, who worked with Cat Illustrated at the time, was with me, Trevor, and I and I'm telling him, Oh, great, I've got Isaiah Briscoe coming up. Uh, I was like, you sit here and watch this, just so I don't think I'm going crazy. Watch how rude he's going to be. Not not rude, but look how unfriendly he's going to be with these questions.
0: Standoffish.
1: And there, there, there was a rumor. I'll say this now because he did he he shot it down. There was a rumor that Isaiah Briscoe and Malik Newman got in a fist fight in Chicago during the McDonald's All American game. There was a rumor. Now he didn't, Isaiah Briscoe denied it. His dad denied it. His dad would tell me if something actually happened. So I'm starting to believe it never did happen, but did I, Newman I, re- deny it? I haven't talked to Newman. You couldn't even get a hold of him during his recruitment. There's no way you right. can get a hold of him now. Good point. Uh, it, but they were good friends. They were really good friends back in their high school days. They didn't, you know, one lived in Mississippi, one lived in New Jersey, so they didn't come across each other a lot. But they would tweet each other. They were they were very friendly with one another. Talked about playing with each other. And the kind of the writing was on the wall that maybe Newman was leaning towards Mississippi State at that time. And there's rumors that they were in practice going against one another. And they got into a little shoving match and got into each other's face, which even if that happened, it wouldn't be the end of the world. You know, kids do that. That will happen at a U.K. practice this year without a doubt. If it didn't, you'd worry about the mentality of your team. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But I had told Alex at the time, this was, again, late August when we were interviewing these guys. And the story is now up today. I said, I'm going to ask him that question, and I'm I'm very curious to see how he responds. So we start out just kind of going back and forth, and he's friendly, which kind of opened my eyes. And then the questions get a little bit tougher, and all that he was missing, Trevor, was a pipe and a rocking chair because he was talking to me like he was a 75-year-old man (laughs) that didn't have a care in the world. He was just rocking back and forth and giving me the most calm, tame answers. They were good answers. It's not like the quotes were lacking anything, and again, the story's free, you can go read it at Catch Illustrated, but they were just the most relaxed answers i would ever seen, and we, you get eight minutes with these guys, so after like the third minute, I said, what is going on, what has changed with you? I mean, no disrespect, but uh, when I would have interviewed you six months ago, you would not be this relaxed or calm or cool, and he just, he says, I, I kind of want to pull up the quote, but... He's just like, that's the old me. That's high school me. He's I've calmed down now. Uh, Here's the exact quote. I've had a lot of talks with Kenny Payne, and he's the one that tells me I need to be more humble. He told me to remain humble and hungry and that God would continue to bless me, and that's what I've been working on. So I asked him, uh, and in this story, there's a quote that he gave me back in the summer, actually, where I asked him about Jamal Murray. I don't have nothing to do with Jamal Murray. It doesn't matter. I'm going to Kentucky, it doesn't matter. I don't care if he comes or anybody comes. Whoever decides to come, that's fine. So, he just so I asked him what had changed with him and he just said he's he's done being rude. He's gone through UK's media training uh, and he's not worried about anybody else but himself. It was completely shocking. And and I'm kind of disappointed you all didn't get to know the old Isaiah Briscoe that wasn't friendly to the media, just so you could appreciate how calm and pleasant he was to talk to in August. So I hope the story gives it some justice. Uh, Feel free to read it, like I said, at Cats Illustrated. But I thought he was going to be this nasty guy. I just, in my head, I envisioned Jerry Tipton, Trevor, and him just going back and forth. Of Jerry Tipton, just kind of, Jerry Tipton sometimes will poke players trying to get answers and doesn't really let them off the hook with just the typical, we're trying to be our best, blah, blah, blah. I just imagine him and Jerry Tipton going at it, but it like that's not going to happen anymore because Isaiah Briscoe has mellowed out, which did, makes did me Did you walk think, away
0: and just look at you and go, dude, he's, what, what, what What are you talking about? That guy's calm as can be.
1: I did. Well, <laughs> Alex, I was like. Or as Alex, soon as I'm he, sorry. My bad. Yeah, as soon as he left, I, was, I told Alex, I was just like, I, I swear I'm not crazy. He used to not be that way. And he, Alex was like, I was going to say, I went up to UK's SID afterwards, sports information director, and I was like, i got to talk to you about Isaiah. And he put his hands on his head, and he, he said, oh, no, what happened? Was he bad? What would he say? And he is so worried that Isaiah Briscoe – because what that told me was, okay, they've been trying to train this dude forever. They have put him through the media car wash of trying to – going from Kenny Payne to the SIDs, probably showing old videos of good interviews and bad interviews. And I said, no, he was great. And he's completely different than he used to be. And the SID told me that is the best thing I've you've, I, anybody could have told me today. That's the best thing I've heard. He's like, you don't know what that means to me with how hard we've been trying with him. So it's worked. So it's uh, a good. It's a good thing for UK. You don't have a, a hothead quote. And he was even voted best trash talker among high schoolers. Trevor I asked him about that, and he said, "No, I'm not going to trash talk anymore." I, I'm gonna let my game do the talking. That's not me anymore. I've I've mellowed out too much for that stuff.
0: Oh, you can I still be like, mellow and trash talk. That's not. I, I, I,
1: I kind of like the trash talk, and I hope he yeah. leaves that part. I, I think that can help players in their game at times. So
0: there's nothing uh, wrong with we'll, being able to trash talk on the court, and knowing when to turn it off when you get off the court.
1: Exactly. A lot of a lot of good players are able to do that. DeAndre Liggins able to, to do that. One of the better trash talkers I've seen at Kentucky. Uh, we're gonna head to a commercial break. We will talk Winion Gabriel. There's a lot I need to say about him.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know anything about him. You're going to teach me.
1: I will, and I, I don't want to say I'm Jamal Murray excited about Winion Gabriel, but oh, it's no. pretty close.
0: Oh no, it's really. Close. I mean, it's, it,
1: it really is. I don't, I don't, it really is because I just love. And Jamal Murray really isn't this. And you don't even get me started on Jamal Murray. But I just love athletic freaks that are incredibly versatile. And that's exactly what Winion Gabriel is, where he's going to be able to play multiple, multiple positions. And he's a dude that nobody really knew about during the summer. And then towards the end of summer, he just started blowing up. And now he's a five-star. Uh, he was unranked in some rankings. So it, it's crazy how much potential he has, how much more room he has to grow. And he's long, he's strong, he's physical, he's athletic. Uh, so I, yeah, Trevor, you might Man. you might get annoyed talking about winning Gabriel. I, we're could, gonna I, to- I could take
0: one Jamal Murray per year. I don't know if I can take two in one same season. Well, this, <laughs> well,
1: this is a different one though because they're in different classes. So oh, it's all right. okay, 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 okay. But we uh, we're gonna take a commercial break. When we come back, we will be joined with a defender on 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 Louisville City, Brian Burke. Uh, he's one of their better players. He's going to talk about the upcoming playoff game against Charleston this Saturday for a spot in the semifinals of the USL playoffs. So stick around here on 1450 the Sports Buzz. We'll be right back.
2: Tell we
0: for you, get you something to eat, drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. Presented by Allen Electric.
2: Time
0: to We're
1: back here, 1450, the Sports Buzz, a lovely Thursday afternoon here in Louisville, Kentucky. A lot of, a lot of fun sports going on in the area this weekend, but I think maybe the, one of the most fun environments will be the Louisville City playoff match against Charleston in the semifinals of the Eastern Conference. We're joined by Brian Burke. Brian, how's it going?
2: Good. How you doing?
1: Doing well. You, well, you got some dogs in the background?
2: Oh uh, Yeah, sorry. Let me just get away from that thing.
1: <laughs> no, you're, uh, you're fine. We, sometimes yeah. I have dogs in the studio too, so I can understand. Um, oh, nice. before, before we get started... I'm giving away four tickets for this this match on, on Saturday, and it's going to be a rowdy atmosphere. It always is at Louisville Slugger Field. Here's how I'm going to give them away, though. You're going to tell me just a phrase or a word, whatever you want it to be, and the first person to tweet me using that hashtag will receive the four tickets. So what word or phrase would you like the uh, the ticket giveaway to be, Brian?
2: Oh what? oh, what do I want it to be? Huh. Um, hmm, could be anything. Maybe some like shutout or like, I guess like Louisville Cities are used pretty frequently. It is. Um, uh, hey, hmm, That's a good question. Maybe like, uh, I don't know, win at Slugger? Win at Slugger.
1: Win at Slugger. All right, so the first person to tweet me with the hashtag win at Slugger will receive four free tickets for Louisville City's first ever. First-ever playoff match, uh, and it, it will be a big one, too. Uh, you're no stranger to the USL playoffs, though, uh, playing for Orlando City Give in years past. But give me kind of the the breakdown of how much different these games are than the regular season games. Obviously, it's playoff games, but as players, do you notice? Does it feel different? Does the atmosphere, is the competition level taken up a notch? Kind of break it down. Yeah. Like we're going um, to better.
2: Yeah, I mean it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to be a battle out there, and, you know. It's, it's one of the differences: win or go home, and no one's go home yet. So, um, you know, we're pretty prepared. We've been playing all week, last two weeks, and uh, it's just going to be a battle. It's going to be a good game for sure. Um, we know they're a good team, so yeah, it'll be it'll just be a really good game.
1: And you, you've played them twice, if I'm not mistaken, and able to get a comfortable win at Slugger. And then you go down there, one of the last games of the year, where you will have everything virtually wrapped up and, and get blank 2 nothing. Which one's more indicative to what we should see on Saturday?
2: Um, Probably, you know, the home game. <laughs> I'm hoping, but, you know, it's still, they're, they're a good team, you know. So, um, you know, we have, you know, we, we remember that loss. We remember they beat us. So, we got we got that in our pocket, too, that we need to, you know, kind of remember and just you know it's just we just gotta be ready for and they you know like I said, this is gonna be a really good game. we're excited, and uh we're definitely hoping for a win.
1: And what happened in that those last few last three games, I guess, and maybe four of the last five you all had such a great season. I don't want to dwell on uh some of the negatives of the season but what what happened in some of those last few games where you all came on the wrong end. And it is a road trip, and those are never easy regardless of what part of the season. Uh, but you all will be riding a three-game losing streak heading into the playoffs. So what kind of happened in those last few games?
2: Um, you know, I mean, we already clinched second place. And, uh, I don't know, guys just got kind of complacent and um, kind of started playing for, without each other. And, you know, we just we, just, we had to get back to playing against the team. It was pretty individual play going on, so. We like realized that and uh, you know we put it behind us now and now it's we're still, we're still zero and zero, you know. So it's our first playoff game, so we just gotta kinda get back to how we were playing, and how we know we can play, and uh, we'll be ready to go.
1: And I was watching a while I, I, I prepped for this segment today. I was watching a video on Louisville City's website. Uh, LouisvilleCityFC.com. They've got everything you you need to know about the team on that website. watching a video getting to know you that you recorded back in June. So the season was, uh, I guess, a month or two uh, into the year where you called the – and you played for Orlando City last year. Now they're in the MLS. I know Louisville's trying to follow that same guideline, although it may be a few years away. Uh, But you called Orlando City USL fans second to none. Do you want to go on this radio station and maybe change your opinion on whether their fans were second to none or – does Louisville City still have some room to go there? I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, no,
2: still, I mean, Louisville City's still got the, the best fans in the NFL for sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll see just purple and show the whole stands on, uh, on Saturday, and we need them for sure. But, uh, you know, they're still the best fans in the, in the league, and um, we're definitely going to need them to be a 12th man for us on Saturday. Yeah.
1: Hey, speak about the environment. From this year because this is soccer isn't it isn't in kentuckians blood quite like basketball would be but this team kind of comes out of nowhere it was kind of a surprise that the louisville even was able to land this team it has no professional sports uh, with the exception of the bats if you if you want to call that professional sports and it just kind of comes out of the blue did the 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 support did that did that exceed your expectations heading into this year
2: yeah, definitely. I mean I had no idea. I didn't even know it got cold here. I I knew nothing about Kentucky. <laughs> you know, I'm from California, I was in Florida and I had no idea when I signed it was gonna be snow on the ground. But I mean you know, it's I had no idea and it's just they've been they've been unbelievable and it's every every time I hear someone come to a game they just say it's like the best experience they've had. And you know, I I run into people on the street and they say, like, yeah, we're going to the game this weekend So it's just it's really caught on for sure and um it's been an awesome experience. It's been a great year, and we definitely don't. We want to keep going, so we need all the sports help on Saturday. We need to be loud, and we need them. So, yeah, it's been awesome.
1: Yeah, and it should be a, a great atmosphere on Saturday. And then to, tonight they're doing a kind of community support uh, for Louisville City fans, and there's some there's a big announcement. Will you be at Against the Grain to to meet with some of the fans this evening?
2: Yeah, my, head, my whole team's heading down right now. We're going to be there at uh, 5.45. I think the mayor is giving a speech at 6 uh, against the Green. So. Yeah, we're all going to be there. We're heading there pretty soon, actually, <laughs> right now. Do you,
1: do you want to fill us in on what that uh, big announcement may be?
2: Um, I have no idea. I'm thinking for the game and maybe something else, you know, in yeah. the future for the little city that he's uh, he's been working on. But, yeah, I mean. I just know there's some big things going on for Louisville City in the upcoming years.
1: Yeah, there's been big things going on this year, without a doubt. Uh, but big match, 7.30 Saturday. Charleston, Louisville, a team that you all are familiar with. Just kind of give me a few keys to the game where if Louisville City does these things, the result should take care of itself.
2: Um, Just play together and play the way we can. and. We're the best team, so we just got to just stay together and just you know play for one each other, and we'll be good.
1: All right. It sounds as simple as that, but with how you have been playing, it may just be as simple as that, playing together and the results take care of themselves. Louisville City in their first year, finished second in finish the Eastern Conference, one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals. Hope everybody can get out there. Brian, best of luck on Saturday, and hopefully we can talk to you down the road, previewing some other matches.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
1: All right, Brian Burke, defender on Louisville City FC. Fun talking with them. Hashtag win at Slugger, and you'll get four free tickets. Trevor, is there anything else that jumped out of you about that interview? I got to make sure you're paying attention.
0: Yeah, because I wasn't. That I was actually uh, – I, I heard the hashtag. I heard Brian, and I heard you ask me if there was anything that stuck out to me. <laughs> that's,
1: that's all you heard?
0: That was all I, That's all I can confirm nor deny.
1: No, but it it is a big match, and oh, know, I heard I, it's
0: a big match, and it's a rematch. They they got beat by this team before,
1: and they've also beaten them. They they they've, yeah. they've, they've won 3-1. they won three one. They won three one. They lost two nil. The two nil one was much more recent than the three one win. But like he said, they did have uh, their playoff seed locked up. There wasn't a ton to play for. It was on the road, so you hope that maybe goes into why. Uh, they didn't win that last game. So we'll have to uh, wait and see what happens Saturday. It it should be, you know, I have we haven't talked a lot about Louisville City here because they've been on that road trip. They've also had their playoff seed locked up, but it is one of the best offenses in the league. They're fun to watch, so hopefully they're able to get back to that playing in a meaningful game on Saturday. It is crazy to think, though, Trevor. They're two wins away from hosting the USL Championship. Two wins away Isn't this like in their, fir- a,
0: their first season,
1: their first year, their first year, two wins away from being able to host where you'd feel good about their chances to be able to win on the road. The Eastern Conference has been a lot better than the Western Conference in the USL. And if they can do that, they will uh, they'll, they'll bring home the USL Cup. Which would just be an amazing feat. Big announcement tonight against the grain at six o'clock. I wanted to be able to get down there, but I don't think I'll be able to with my show ending at five thirty to hear what it is. I'm sure there will be some news regarding the stadium. Uh, some sources close to me said it might not be concrete. Hey, we're building the stadium here, and it will be finished by this time. But it will be a it will be a huge step in the right direction with the news we're given tonight. So
0: I wonder. I wonder what the uh, the and and. and... Whether it's whatever level soccer you want to you know, want to say it about, but I wonder how often an expansion team—I guess this would be considered an expansion team—being it's their first year. I don't know if there's an exact uh, different way to describe it, but has ever won a championship? Not to put the horse before the cart too much, but or the cart before the horse, whatever. Too much, but uh, I wonder if it's ever the first year teams ever won a championship on a level of professional sports. How often that has happened? I don't think it's happened a lot.
1: Now the Bats were able to to win a championship. Early on, and
0: they're yeah, but they were the Redbirds for they were the Redbirds. It also, wasn't,
1: it wasn't their first year. Maybe it was their first year at slugger. I,
0: mean, I don't think it. I, I, well, the Batslash championship was oh like oh, oh, 2000, it was, it was 2001. thousand one two thousand one. Yeah, because the, the, the series got cut short because of 9-11. 9/11. Yeah. Yep,
1: yeah. So uh, they they it was a best of three series to win the championship. They won game one. Then uh, the the terrible terrorist attack on nine eleven. Yeah took place and they just canceled the series so yeah that was the last time they've won and i think that was in one of their first years at slugger if not their first year uh, but louisville city trying to win in their first year at slugger maybe there's some magic there at slugger that where if it's your first year good things happen but it starts with a, a charleston team on saturday 7 30 weather's looking iffy but uh, i i got a good feeling about it if so we get today's gonna-
0: weather i'll be happy with it I'll be content with today's weather on a soccer match. It'd be great.
1: Oh, it'd be perfect. Yeah, but I, I think there's some rain chances. But that's okay. It'll pass. It said it's going to rain. The last three Saturdays, it's had ba- it's had 60%, 40% chances of rain. And at least in when I've been in Lexington, it hasn't hit. When I've been in Louisville, it hasn't hit. Uh, it's down to 20% chance on Saturday, high in the 60s. That's all you could ask for. And that'd
0: be, I wonder that'd how be many perfect. games we get canceled this weekend football-wise or postponed at least. Because, because of the, hurricane. The, the hurricane, yeah. I mean, it seems like any game that's on the East Coast that I that I've read about, is no matter at some point in the description of the game, whether it be in you know in written form or in verbal form, is 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 being mentioned. Well, there is still a possibility of postponement, including Louisville and North Carolina State.
1: Yeah, it seems like the latest indications have the storm heading out to the Atlantic. It may not even touch down. You never know exactly. It's, it's Jaquez
0: Phoenix storm, right?
1: Yeah, you never know exactly what's going to happen with hurricanes, but the latest projections have it not hitting, uh, not hitting shore. If 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 it does, it'll be in the mid-Atlantic. So I, I think the the game on Saturday should be safe for Louisville. But it's looking like it may not even hit the mid-Atlantic or the Northeast and just tail trail off into the into the Atlantic and eventually just die like all storms do. So hopefully that happens. Hopefully, no NFL games get affected, and hopefully, most of all, everybody's safe. We're gonna take a commercial break. We will be right back here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Stick around.
2: be here why is that alan i'm not supposed to be within 200 feet of a school what or chucky e. cheese
0: now back to the sports talker with tj walker presented by alan electric
1: it it kind of feels like a friday trevor
0: i'm sorry i've got i've got the my brothers in my head now from my listening to my own song i'm over here singing midnight rider
1: what's going on over there <laughs> is there something going on in the studio that i'm missing out on where you can just
0: zone out well well hey there doesn't have to be anything going on for me to zone out That's just that's inevitable it's my human nature uh, but yeah when I I mean when Midnight Rider comes on sometimes I do zone out and I start I go into my Dwayne Allman mode. I love I the talk. Allman brothers. But yes uh, the weather is beautiful out.
1: I, I want to I no that's not what I said I said it kind of feels like a Friday but uh, I want to talk with and Gabriel but we've got another break coming up so I don't really want to get into it right then I don't want to get into right here and now. Are you, are you telling me right? the love
0: for Winion uh, exceeds the six minutes we have in this break, this segment?
1: There's a lot more I can say about <laughs> Winion and a lot of interesting stuff from catsillustrated.com. But this is some breaking news that we're going to talk. Well, you know what? Okay. We'll, 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 we'll go to the football side of things um, about Saturday's game against Eastern Kentucky. Uh, so Stanley Williams was with the team. It seems like they've worked out whatever differences they've had. I'm not 100% sure if he's going to play on Saturday. Now, what they say is if you don't practice on Wednesday, you don't play in the game. Well, I'm pretty sure he practiced yesterday, so I think that would make him available. My guess is one way or the other, you're not going to see a lot of him. I don't think just because based on everything we've heard about what happened this past weekend – You're not going to see a lot of them. But the good news is, Trevor, it is Eastern Kentucky. I don't think they're going to need Stanley Williams on Saturday.
0: Yeah, in the short term, yeah, it is obviously. It's the, oh, let's not worry about it because it is Eastern Kentucky. But it's something that you need to address and get figured out as soon as possible because right after Eastern Kentucky, guess what? Yes, I know you have Charlotte in about, what, two months or whatever, maybe the exact time frame. But between between after this week and that Charlotte game, you're going to probably need Stanley Boone Williams. Now, I don't mean that. That that Horton and, and and Kemp can't carry the load themselves and, and possibly still get by. I mean, maybe they could. Maybe they'll step it up and and the replacement of maybe Boom's absence will will be for easily overlooked and forgotten. But as far as that I know from just watching this team as of now without Boom Williams and this this game this weekend with without him is not going to really give you a complete blueprint of how good the team can be without him because it is Eastern Kentucky. I mean, you take it with a grain of salt but you do need him I is in my opinion you need you're gonna need him back I mean you might not need him this week but you're gonna need him back
1: well it certainly wouldn't hurt to have him back I think the plan is for him to have him back uh soon once he figures out he's obviously just kind of didn't like the way things shook out on Saturday
0: we still don't know if that's what it's about though I mean we again we still it could be I mean, something him it could have been something off the field we don't know it, it,
1: it could have been something off the field and maybe, but even if it is something off the field, it shouldn't affect what you do on the field. It shouldn't affect what you say your coaches two days later, the meeting that they had on Monday didn't go the way Stoops has wanted, wanted it to. And there's no doubt that he did. Even if there is, even if there is things that are bothering you off the field, we talked about this yesterday, how that can impact what you do in work. It can impact your everyday life. We know all that, but that still doesn't give you an excuse Trevor, to, to, it, it may give you an excuse to do it in the moment, but afterwards you need to realize you made a mistake and apologize. He did not do that on Monday. I can tell you that much.
0: That would be uh, his biggest problem. Yes. If, if, it, if it is an off the field issue that just overboiled into him, maybe taking out his frustrations from something off the field on and on, on the field, whether it be with his teammates or coach. Yeah, I agree. That's one thing, but do not, if not apologize for it and make it right, if it is an off the field issue, is, yeah, completely just stubborn and ridiculous.
1: Yeah. So,
0: we we'll see. Am I, am I boring you, TJ?
1: <laughs> no, we'll see. I, 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 Stoop said he's not going to comment on it, on his, eligi- or not eligibility, but his status for Saturday. I would guess that probably means he's not going to play a lot. I, I definitely don't think you're going to see him out there in the first quarter, first half. And if Kentucky opens up a big lead
0: against Eastern, then what's the point of bringing him in at all, so this has to be driving Stoops insane. This is just this is just a this is a a, a talking point, or a, I don't want to call it a distraction to to a degree because with EKU again, if there's any Colonels fans out there listening, no disrespect. Well, actually, you know, screw it, disrespect all the way because you suck in your Division One AA team. But the the fact is, it's not maybe a distraction this week, but it can be a distraction. It's the last thing you want if you're Kentucky and you're Mark Stoops. You got you got an uphill battle to deal with whether you've as much as you've improved or not to to do de- not have to worry about dealing with your quote unquote best running back having personal issues as a distraction well, to the rest here's, of
1: the team. Here's the thing, Trevor. It is it is a probably a minor distraction. I don't think it's all that big of a deal, assuming it gets worked out, which it seems like it's moving in that direction. If it
0: moves past but, this week, though, the distraction gets bigger and bigger.
1: But the the well obviously, well, but <laughs> the good news is or the the news if. If people don't see this on Saturday, if Stanley Williams goes and shakes Missouri's hand and then goes in the locker room and then puts on a scene and then doesn't show up, we probably don't know about it. And we're probably not talking about it. The fact is we saw it on Saturday. It was brought. It was asked to, of Stoops on Monday, so he had to comment on it and then you were able to read between the lines and exactly how it was going to play out. People started going to their sources and asking what's going on, and that's how the rumor gates started to open. So if we didn't see that, he and he said he was going to handle this internally on, on Monday, but if we don't see that, we don't know about it, and then he's able to deal with it how he wants to deal with it, and it probably is just you know, swept under the rug and isn't a big deal at all. But as you have it, we do see it. We are asking about it. We're getting answers every day, or lack of answers, rather. And it it has turned into this big thing. But obviously, if he doesn't get this thing figured out, if Stanley doesn't get this thing figured out, it's going to escalate into this much bigger deal. So I I think he will. I think the fact that he's back practicing, I'm sure he probably has to do some extra suicides and extra running uh, and some own discipline. He might have to sit out the EKU game. Uh, but they'll get this figured out before the Auburn game. I know Stoops realizes how important of a player he is. Like I said yesterday, Stanley Williams doesn't have all that much leverage but to buy in, kind of get over himself, and get back to to being the best football player on this Kentucky team, despite if he's getting seven carries or 13 carries. It's going to work out for him in the long haul. So I don't think it's going to be all that big of a deal. We need to head to a commercial break. We'll come back, and I promise you it's going to be a lot of Winnie and Gabriel talk when we get back UK's newest commit. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Post. Trevor, I'm sure you can attest to this. Not all hangovers have to be the day after. They can be still the day of, depending on what time you start drinking.
0: (laughs) Are you trying to defend a moment in your life? I know, I'm trying to. (laughs) You sound like you're trying to defend a a certain situation specifically in mind.
1: No, I'm trying to tell Jack Black that he's wrong.
0: (laughs) I mean, I I guess if you quit drinking at 6 a.m. and you have to be somewhere at... 6 p.m. and you, yeah, you could I guess be hungover, by still and still technically been drinking that same day.
1: No, oh, you start drinking, you day drink for an event at like that. Hell, it could even happen for noon football games if you tailgate early enough. Start drinking around eight or nine. No, let's say you have a golf scramble going off at eight. Okay. You drink during the and you drink during the whole golf scramble. Let's say that your foursome drinks sixty beers and eighteen holes, and. <laughs> You can get hung over during the day. I tell you, I promise.
0: What kind of alcoholic foursome are you rolling around with,
1: dude? <laughs> <laughs> I mean exactly that—an alcoholic foursome.
0: It's, it sounds like your test. It's like a tailgating party for tomorrow's St. Xavier game.
1: <laughs> it was. Uh, it, it, we came in second in the scramble too. Oh, so that was an
0: exact. <laughs> I thought that was an unusual number to be exact for a random uh, story. <laughs> well,
1: we we brought sixty beers just to be careful. Oh, yeah, because
0: you don't want to run out. Between four of you, 60 beers?
1: We didn't think that we, there was any chance that we were going to drink all of them. And then uh, at the turn, we had like two beers left.
0: So four of you drank 59 beers in, eight, in, in in nine holes.
1: No, 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 no. We drank 30 in nine holes, or 29 in nine holes, 28 in nine holes, and then 60 in or another 32 in the back nine.
0: <laughs> and this and so your but your point is that you so you were hung over that evening yet uh you were not drunk the day before
1: I, I, yeah well actually this, I'm,
0: surprised right, I, weren't, I'm surprised I, I, you were i'm surprised you were even I, awake by the way that's 15 beers a person
1: i need my good math there trevor i need my listeners to know this was back in my college days uh we <laughs> yeah, takes, which was like Three years ago, uh, I don't this think that's was, really
0: relevant. Either way, it's not good.
1: <laughs> Kentucky was on the road against Florida, and after the golf scramble, we got a
0: keg. Oh yeah, because because you know you got hair on the dog.
2: Well, we we
1: had a bunch of other friends come over that weren't playing in a scramble, so not all of them had had been drinking. So we had a keg. Uh, I am proud to say I was the only person to not puke. Not have to not have to take a nap or puke. I was the only person that didn't have to take a nap during the day. I thought
0: you were going to say you are the, the only one that survived the alcohol poisoning that went around the room.
1: I'm pretty good at it. It, it takes liquor for me to kind of get sick.
2: Yeah, I could,
1: I could drink a ton of beers, Trevor, and be OK. You know, obviously, I'm not going to go driving anywhere, but I'm not going to pass out. But if I add liquor to the equation, that's when I, I start feeling pretty bad. Uh, so it was just beer that day. And then, you know, I've, I haven't even come close to drinking that much since then. Those, that was my prime, Trevor.
0: I don't know. That's, that's, uh, uh, yeah, I can relate to, to a prime. You should, you're, first of all, you're still in your prime. You're 23, correct? I'm 24. 24. Okay, irrelevant. One of you. You're 24. You're still in your prime. We had this discussion yesterday when you like to make fun of me for my sleeping habits. But yet, you're the one that goes to bed at like 10 o'clock at night. It's, it's like I feel like we're in like a Freaky Friday reversal here. Like you're the old man, and I'm the teenager that stays up all night and does vices and and plays video games and sleeps till two or three in the afternoon, while you're going to bed at like ten thirty and getting up at like six and eating breakfast and walking the dog, and you know you're still in your prime. You're still in your prime. Man, when I was twenty four, I was a I was a freshman in college, and B I was I was still doing you know some some heavy partying. You know, back in, at that point in my life, still now, now, I don't, I don't party anymore. Now, 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 if I'm hungover, if I got drinking, I'm hung. I'm not hungover the day, the next day. I'm hungover the next two days. So yeah, yeah. I, in my, my case, I could have, if I was Jack Black, I could tell him, listen, no, I wasn't drunk yesterday. I was drunk two days ago. That's what happens when you get to my age.
1: See, it's kind of <laughs> sad. A lot of my friends were in a group message, and and they're most of them are older than me, and they will have hangovers the last two or three days oh. now. Uh, it, it's yeah, it's not good for me. Really? The only worst hangovers I have, are if I drink liquor, you. Yeah, so
0: is there a particular uh, liquor I, that you have to avoid that just does not, you, well, I don't say it makes you sick. What well, may make you sick, but it's that liquor that just, when you drink it, just good things don't happen to you, or at least don't happen to people around you. You just, that you act like a fool more than normal. You no, crazy no. stuff.
1: Like, no, there's no like poison liquor for me. Now there, now, and this is, it, it the only liquors vary in how i feel the next day and they all make me feel a lot worse but nothing will give me a worse hangover where i just want to go lay in the shower than fireball
0: <laughs> yeah i've never done fireballs so and the thing
1: and the thing is if i actually like fireball it's not that it it probably out of all out of most liquor it tastes pretty good to me but if i drink fireball i can guarantee to not do anything the next day because i'm my head's gonna Feel like there's a, a a concert going on inside of it.
0: That's probably so. how I am with Jaeger. the The worst hangover I have ever had was from drinking, what's what I guess an electric LIT, which is a Long Island iced tea, but with uh, you had blue Kraka and Sprite instead of Coke. And I was on a my it was my second trip to Vegas. I never had one an LIT before. I just was just always a beer guy or a whiskey guy, straight up neat. And uh, somebody I I don't know why somebody suggested it at the bar I was at, so I drank one. And it was I mean if you've ever had an LIT. Yeah, it's like drinking lemonade. You don't even realize how much you're really drinking when you drink it, and yeah. that led to numerous LITS, which led to me being kicked out of a, a, a casino, and it led to me embarrassing some people. I ended the night as a, as an official member of the Pittsburgh Steeler Dark Club. I uh, don't remember how I did that, and then I woke up the next day and I just it. Oh, I was I was so nauseous. It was it was the not I haven't. I don't think I've drank one since. That's how bad the hangover was.
1: Now that. Sixty beer <laughs> golf scramble. I need to remind you, not everybody was able to hold their own like I was. Oh, somebody
0: was uh, drinking twenty five while the other poor guy, poor guy had five. Well,
1: one of our—I I don't know—I I wish I could see how the beer breakdown was was how it was it was broken down to each of the members. But we were we we, we actually. In, 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 let me explain this golf scramble to you. Uh, it's a sorority golf scramble. A, a sorority puts it on and nice. it's for a good cause. I don't remember what that cause is for. Alcoholism. Uh, but you have girls of the Sorority be your caddies so they drive your carts for you. Oh. And you you have three people sitting in the carts and these girls, these poor girls, I think they were freshmen when we <laughs> were when I was probably I guess a junior or senior and then the guys that we were playing with had already graduated. Uh they had they didn't know what they were in for for that round, but they kind of liked us at first and they were having fun with us. They're not allowed to drink despite our best efforts to try to make to have them drink. Um, and then they eventually got to a point where they were like, Oh no, these guys are unbelievably drunk and out of control. Uh, but we had uh, one of our members, we ended up playing 19 holes. We made the girls take us to the next hole and just keep playing. And cause we didn't want to leave. Uh, so they, they did, but, we lost one of our members who was just passed out in the fairway. Um, and i we been passed back. out before. We we had it, it was passed out in the middle of the fairway. At that point, the girls made us leave, uh, and we we had you know we had sober drivers to get us home. Her hope, <laughs> uh, yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been good. But yeah, not everybody was able to to handle their own.
0: I feel bad for those. I almost I actually feel bad for the girls that drive those cars. I can't imagine how much harassment they took. Not just, not your driver in, in particular. I'm sure she went through a few. I don't
1: know how this golf scramble at UK, it still goes on today. And it's still, uh, it's kind of, if you go to UK, you, you've played in it before. If you're a guy, you've played in it before. And the stories have been unbelievable. There's been carts that have ended up in lakes. There's been carts that's ended up in sand, in, in sand traps. I know one girl, one girl people caddy people just left trained,
0: with carts. <laughs>
1: One girl caddy who drank with their group, they she carved her name on a green because she didn't really realize that that was like a no no. And this is a <laughs> nice course too in Lexington, uh, so it was. I don't know how they keep or they're able to do it. It is a, a lot of fun, but they still do it. I guess if they're raising money for charity, it doesn't really matter.
0: It's all for charity. It's all you got to say. No matter no matter what goof ups and delinquencies you do, you can always just say what's for charity, and it makes it all okay. Uh,
1: Nick Coffee inside the press box, which will be coming on after my show, uh, it says fireball is dangerous, guaranteed hangover, but it tastes like candy. And he, he is spot on. He's spot on. It's easy to take down. It it doesn't, I mean, you could drink a ton of it. You, well, you don't even. That's you like
0: LITs. That's those are the worst drinks because there's so much alcohol in them and yet you just don't, don't realize it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then all of a sudden the next morning, you know, when you have a fireball hangover, at least I do. And it sounds like Nick knows exactly what I'm talking about as well. But uh, anyways, need to talk with you Gabriel. It's uh we 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 spent too much on the 60 beer outing. Wow. Anyway, so this guy, this guy commits to Kentucky today. I got win of it earlier this morning. You got win of Nyan because this guy grew up a Duke fan Trevor. This is coach uh, Calipari's direct punch back. This is his counterpunch for Duke stealing Luke Kennard from Kentucky. Luke Kennard grew up a U.K. fan. He grew up in Ohio in a town that is mostly Kentucky fans. And his dad was a huge U.K. fan. His cousin went to U.K. He had visited U.K. probably eight to ten times in a calendar year, probably just to go down there and, you know, party at Kentucky, which you can't blame him for. But also part of those times were to take in what Lexington and U.K. basketball had to offer, check out the facilities, check out the dorms. And then all of a sudden he goes and visits Duke, falls in love with it, And changes everything he's ever felt about Kentucky and goes to Duke. Now, Winion Gabriel, now he wasn't from close to Duke, but he did grow up watching Duke. He grew up liking Duke. Uh, When Duke finally offered after he blew up this summer, it seemed like everybody pinned him to go to, to Duke. He set his last official visit for Duke, which generally, if it's first or last, is the ideal position to be for uh, official visit placement so when he set the last one for duke and made a team okay he knows where he wants to go he wants to stack everything up against duke go there and know that it's the best school for him well he goes and visits uk this past weekend and i heard great things about the visit he enjoyed it uh, really liked everything kentucky had to offer and the next piece of news you heard was duke was sending their entire staff to his his prep school in Massachusetts to, to kind of make sure that UK visit didn't sink in too much. Yeah. So yeah they basically
0: to, you don't have to come to us. We'll come to you.
1: Yeah. Basically just saying, yeah, we hope you had a good time at UK, but remember us, we're the people you liked growing up. We're the people that, you know, you, you, you want to, this is a school you want to go to. Yeah. Sure. You enjoyed what UK had to say. That's fresh on your mind. Now let's move them to the back of your mind because we're here right now. They went three deep to see him. Here's the thing, though, Trevor, and, and you can find this interview at catsillustrated.com. You don't get this kind of honesty from teenage kids, especially when they're talking to the media. He was completely honest with me and basically said the Duke visit changed things for him. That made him know he wanted to go to UK. It backfired completely. And the reason why is because that was what he said the first time that he got to talk in linked with Coach K. And basically the only reason he hadn't already committed to UK was because he wanted to have that one-on-one with Coach K, get to know him, and finally when he did, it didn't really add up to what UK and and Coach Calipari had to offer. So there's really some interesting quotes from Winyan Gabriel on on why he picked that. And really most of our Q&A, and I, I think I spoke to him on the phone for seven or eight minutes, a lot of that time was spent talking about duke he talked about how he thinks duke's probably the best school in the country but it's not the best school for him and he 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 didn't realize that until after talking with coach k uh, here here's what here's an exact quote the only one i didn't know the only coach i didn't know uh, was coach k and i know he's a busy guy but other schools recruited me with their head coaches and duke I talked to Coach K, but we didn't have that deep conversation I had with the other schools. Once we did, and I waited a while for it. It took a while for him to meet me. It's not like I could ask him to tell me how he feels, but I waited until he was ready to tell me, and after that, I knew what I wanted. Now he later goes on to say what he wanted was Kentucky after that conversation. So I, I so I asked him. I basically like, did he say something you didn't like? Was there a turning point where you said, "Ew, no, that's not for me"? He said, "No, not really. It's just his selling point wasn't as good as Calipari's. He wasn't as specific as how he was going to use me." But that's pretty strange, right, Trevor? Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, I would you would think that. I mean, he that he I mean he hadn't already realized that it wasn't the. Play. I mean, he'd already visited Duke. He would met with Coach K at least in some small way. I would think, right? Before this probably, visit?
1: probably very
0: small doses.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they had. I no. I guess they had. I mean, he wouldn't lie about that. That was the first time that they had actually had probably a conversation that was more than twenty minutes. Which is a miss on Coach Case' part, and he is dominating the recruiting scene right now. But it, it clearly he missed with Winion Gabriel.
0: I would think there'd been something he had to say that just I not, not struck a chord, but just m- immediately made uh, when you think, you know, I don't, you know what, I think, I don't think this may be, this Kentucky may be better for me.
1: Yeah, I don't, I, I guess maybe Coach K thought, all right, this guy's a Duke fan. He takes school very seriously. He's a great student. Um, maybe, maybe Coach K thought, we got him locked up. I'm going to go try to get Harry Giles. I'm going to go try to land some other targets just knowing they have him. And after that Kentucky visit, he just wanted to make sure Kentucky wasn't making up too much ground wanted to make sure they were still in charge, when in reality that conversation kind of sealed his fate, sealed Duke's fate, and, and pushed Winyan to Kentucky. Now let me tell you what kind of player Winyan Gabriel is. You just stole uh, my next I,
0: question, by the way.
1: I had tweeted out that this might be outlandish, but this is kind of how I think of him. And I didn't get to watch a ton of him this summer because there was no reason to. But then he blew up into this great player, uh, and it's a completely different ball game. Now, because now you watch him and you watch his tape, he's got a motor like Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. That's what makes him so great is how hard he plays. And that's something that translates to every level, Trevor. And we've said that about other players. That's what you want to see in a guy who's just going to be relentless, going to dive on the floor, be all over the place, takes pride in his defense. All of that is set in stone. So even if he doesn't progress anymore as a player, you're at least getting that. And anybody would like to have that on their team. He's super long, he's 6 foot 9, he's easily got a 7 foot wingspan. That's great. Now, how they're going to but here's the thing, he does have a skill set. He is talented offensively. He's not he, he's probably better offensively than Michael Kidd Gilchrist was. I don't know if he can put it quite on the floor like Michael Kidd Gilchrist can at this point, but he's certainly got a better shot.
0: When you say skill set, describe that skill set. I mean, is he uh is he a low post four? I mean, with a motor or is he like a Montres Harrell-style motor, or is he more of a stretch kind of four?
1: He's, like a, he's got like a Michael Kidd-Gilchrist motor, motor.
0: You decide that, yeah, but I mean... It's so
1: he, he, he's he's not, a, he's not a Montres Harrell four because he's more versatile. Montres Harrell was athletic, but he was kind of that bulky, big, strong, boxy athletic.
0: But he had the motor. I mean, Kidd-Gilchrist, Kidd, I get the motor situation yeah. with him, but I mean, he was also in a 6'7". I mean, I don't think this... This kid's a power forward. So I don't think he's six. I, don't, I didn't hear how tall you said he was, but seven foot wingspan. Six span. foot nine. Six nine. Okay, so he's so he so he's in the same kind of at least height and stretch and wingspan of a Montrez. And when you say motor, I mean if he doesn't have much of an outside game, I see that as kind of a Montrez Harrell type player. Well,
1: he does have it. He does have a much better outside game than Montrez Harrell. He's he he's not going to score his points by
0: putting his butt on
1: somebody on the block and finishing right there. He's going to be out in space. He's going to. Again, I, I'm not saying he's terrible at putting it on the floor, but that's one place he could he could improve. But he's going to put it on the floor. He's going to get by people. He's also got a decent shot. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a great UK player to compare him to, but what I did tweet is what he reminds me of is I think they're going to try to use him like the, a Trey Lyles, who was a four in high school, was a four in AAU. John Calipari was Should have been, been. Uh,
0: yeah, been a four in college. Should have been? Yeah, I think he should have been a four in college.
1: I thought he did fine at the three. I
0: didn't say he didn't do fine at three. I just said he should have still been a four.
1: But I think they're going to use him in that three role where, you know, he's not a true three, but he's going to be able to be efficient from there. But he's so much more athletic than Trey Lyles. It's ridiculous. He's reminds me athleticism wise, just in terms of how long, bouncy, quick he is, and how well he runs the floor, similar to a Marcus Lee. So he's kind of a blend between a Marcus Lee and a Trey Lyles. He's got a skill set similar to Trey Lyles. He's going to be able to knock down those 18-footers, 15-footers. I I imagine maybe you can even stretch him to the three line where he's going to be able to be consistent, probably maybe just just as good, if not better, than Trey Lyles, who kind of was underwhelming from the perimeter. He's going to be able to do a lot. Now, Trevor, I know this sounds like I'm going crazy over him, but he really is a great, great player. He's a great addition. Kentucky is going to miss out on Miles Bridges, who is a true wing player. Uh, who will be announcing on Saturday. It seemed like Kentucky had led for that recruitment for a very long time. He goes and visits Michigan state. Everything changes. Uh, He decides he wants to announce on October 3rd. He pushes his UK visit up. He was going to visit big blue madness. Now he decides he's going to visit just some random weekend in September and Kentucky just Michigan state did something to change his mind. So, It looked like this was going to be a hard week for UK. It was going to be a hard weekend missing out on a guy you led for. And then you go and steal a guy from Duke. That's a pretty impressive – it's a pretty impressive week for John Calipari and UK. Captain Arc tweets in, says both UK and Duke are not for everybody. That's absolutely true. I think just Coach K missed on this recruitment. I think it was an easy recruitment, and he just missed on it.
0: Does Whitney and Gabriel make the top ten impactful recruits already? (laughs) No, not right now.
1: Not right now, but after this year, let's talk about it. Uh, And then Captain Art says Brandon Ingram type. He's definitely not as skilled offensively as Brandon Ingram because Brandon Ingram will will likely be one of the better offensive players in college basketball this year. Uh, He's going to be awesome. But he is really long. He's going to be a mismatch problem similar to Brandon Ingram. He's going to be able to score inside if he has to. He's going to be able to take it outside. He's going to have some unbelievable dunks. It's going to be a uh, coach Cal John Calipari is going to have a lot of fun with with Winian Gabriel and how he coaches him.
0: I can't wait till so, the day that we the Kentucky Signs recruit and I have you on and ask and about it when you come on and you go I don't know what the hell this coaching staff was thinking. This kid has no business at Kentucky. He blows.
1: Well, you can always look, you can always have an optimistic spin on anybody, but you know, it, the the Michael Mulder edition was strange. Charles Matthews isn't your typical John Calipari recruit. Not that both those guys I don't think can have an impact because they can. Yeah. But winning Gabriel's more of the, okay, this is a John Calipari player. This okay. is a guy he wants. Even, you know, and the weird thing is, and this is what I've got to remember when doing my basketball recruiting job, so many times people will make a thread on our message boards and say, hey, can you predict the 2017 class? <laughs> they will they, they'll want to know well in advance what's going to happen. If you would have had me a year ago guess who UK was in a good spot for for 2016, I would have I, – I don't even know if I would have known who Sasha Killa-Jones or Winyan Gabriel were. Both of these guys are people that have made huge jumps in the rankings, have really come out of nowhere. Uh, Killa-Jones was a, a Virginia recruit that not a lot of people thought highly of. So both these guys have really high Gabriel went
0: from 84 seasons. to 23 and just, uh, just over the summer.
1: Yeah, uh, and now he's, Gabriel's now 17 on, on rivals, oh, no. uh, Killa Jones 26, but both these guys have a lot of potential. They're similar players to an extent, uh, both really versatile. I think and Gabriel's more versatile, where you're going to be able to move him to the three. Killa Jones is going to be a stretch four. It's going to be interesting. Uh, John Calipari, you're going to have Isaac Humphreys back, so you're going to have that anchor in the middle. But you are going to need some more meat down there. You're going to need some people that are going to be able to defend and, and post up. And I, I think I think Winyan Gabriel and maybe Killa Jones will be able to defend a four because they're going to be good shot blockers with their link. They're going to be troublesome. But you might want some more muscle down there because these are guys that are thinner and and not as strong. But uh, a good start to the class. It takes a lot of pressure off John Calipari to land a big because it seemed like Duke led for Winyan Gabriel. seemed they were going to miss on Miles Bridges. Harry Giles seems to likely to stay in the state of North Carolina. So there was a scenario where he was going to come up empty with bigs. Now you've got two really good ones. You're going to have Humphreys back. You're going to have Ty Winyard. You know, who knows if Marcus Lee decides to come back? So your front court for 2016-2017 should be set. Now, what do you build around it? They're in a good spot with a lot of guards, De'Aaron Fox. Malik Monk, Kobe Simmons—you show him more attention. So John Calipari's done a good job with this class. It always seems like the sky's falling when UK misses on a guy here or there, uh, but you got to remember that he's probably still the best recruiter in college basketball. Although Coach K certainly has some momentum, this is a, a punch right back for you for Duke stealing Luke Kennard, uh, and so that's that.
0: TJ, well, all right. Well, I got—I'll I got, uh, give—I'll give you the option of the last minute of the show. Do you a? Want to tell me your thoughts on Survivor last night or, B, get my thoughts on the Blue Jays clinching their first ALEs title since 1993?
1: Well, congrats on that. I'm sure you're happy. Uh, I don't want to hear your thoughts about it. But <laughs> I didn't think congrats.
0: you did. Like, <laughs> that a rhetorical I, question, really.
1: <laughs> uh, here's I'll, I'll say this, though. The Red Sox, who are not going to the playoffs, I've been wearing a Red Sox hoodie all day. I miss the playoffs because I saw a lot of my friends that are Cardinals fans celebrating. They're clinching, and it makes me miss the playoffs. I like this fall weather where it gets cold outside. You watch baseball; all the games matter, every pitch matters. I do miss it. Uh, but they've been Red Sox have been playing great baseball. They've won three straight against the Yankees. Yankees are going for franchise win, ten thousand, and still trying to clinch. And they're having like thirty thousand fans show up to the game. It's embarrassing for Yankees. Uh, If you're a Yankee fan, but all Yankee fans are probably fair weather fans. Anyways, most of them are and bandwagon fans. But I say fair weather, but they're actually in a good spot. So bandwagon fans, I don't know. They're they're losers nonetheless. Uh, But they're going for franchise win 10,000. If the Red Sox can win today and sweep a four game series and not give the Yankees win 10,000, it won't make up for missing on the playoffs, but it will make me incredibly satisfied. Uh, Survivor last night was good. They voted off a guy that or a girl that I liked. I was disappointed in seeing that. Bastards. But you know, you gotta if you can't make it in the second week, then you weren't gonna you weren't gonna win the thing anyway. So uh it, it was a bummer of an episode. Where, where are they but, at, oh, by
0: the way? What studio uh, are they pretending they're at? Cambodia.
1: Okay. Okay. Cambodia. But we're out of time for today. We'll be back tomorrow, Friday edition of the Sports Soccer. Those are always some of the most fun. It'll be another jam packed show. Thanks for Brian Burke for coming on. We've got some ticket winners. I'll be in touch with them. Uh, but we'll see you tomorrow here on 1450 The Sports Bus.
2: Oh. Mm-hmm. They say welcome to the
0: 502. Take a Georgia boy and show him how Kentucky do. Oak classics, paint Kentucky blue. They say don't forget 270 oh, be hitting two. Song call it blue, bluegrass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home. Take a shot of throne Lay back in the lap and
2: take two.